Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Attacking Third. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's episode, we are doing a weekend recap for you all. So make sure you go ahead and leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. We're also on YouTube. Subscribe to us at youtube.com slash attacking third to get all sorts of exclusive NWSL content, previews, recaps, interviews, and more right here on A3. The NWSL regular season is officially in full swing and Paramount Plus is your home for the 2023 NWSL season. And just want to let you all know that Paramount Plus is giving away one free month to kickstart you for the NWSL season. And you can do that by using promo code NWSL 2023. That's NWSL 2023 for one free month of Paramount+. Plus. We got six games, 12 teams to chat all about because week one is officially done and dusted and in the books. And we're here late night. We're, we're, we're linking up and having those late night dates again, buddy. How you doing tonight, Lisa? It is so good to be back with this one. Honestly, like finishing out the last Angel City Gotham game that just concluded, um, I like look to my fiance, Jimmy, and I'm like, you realize like I have to work right now. And he was like, right, season is back. You are working late. I was like, I am definitely, it's fantastic. Uh, thanks everyone for joining us live. Um, no matter what time zone you're in, we're happy you're here. Let us know where you're joining us from because we are so happy to have you here. I, I love this shout out from beach dog scout. Hey, three, what an awesome weekend. I could not agree more. Um, what an opening weekend from everyone. Don't worry. We are going to hit on every single game, every single goal, everything that happened because there was, a lot of chaos, Sandra, yeah. a lot of chaos. And our picks, we get to go through our, our hilarious picks. <laughs> we love to make our hilarious picks because we get to come back on the recap and talk about how NWSL is just made of magic and uh, the combo breaker, really. Anytime we make a pick, we just know anything can happen. And, you know, I'm a little curious if, if folks were already playing along with the bingo card that we had put out earlier 
on social media to sort of kick off the week leading up to the regular season. Did you check off any bingo squares? Let us know. Um, but let's let's chat about it. Let's start with with the the game that's probably on everyone's mind right now since we're going live right after the conclusion of that quadruple header on Sunday, March 26th. Let's chat a little bit about Angel City versus Gotham FC. This one in Los Angeles. Yeah, we, we talked about it in the preview, Lisa. We said East Coast versus West Coast. We're going to get some fireworks. It's going to be, you know, the after dark energy that hopefully we'll get to continue to see throughout this season. Kicked off at 9 p.m. Eastern on Paramount Plus. And this one ended two to one. Gotham bagging all three points on the road you can just hear the flusters of booze raining down at the final whistle in this one because everything in this first half of the game sort of felt like things were clicking and going in angel city's favor and then gotham completely flipped the script on this home opener for angel city 2-1 Alyssa thompson making a bit of history with a goal in the 12th minute uh penalty kick awarded to gotham fc in the uh, second half purse converting that and uh williams lynn williams the great lynn williams getting the game winner ultimately in this one this game was everything it had a lot going for it it was fast paced we got to see familiar faces that we hadn't seen in a long time kelly o'hara lynn williams ellie long in the midfield for yeah. gotham um really fun to kind of see this all play out. Abby Smith in goal. This is a, a goalkeeper yeah. that spent time in Portland and, and really didn't see much time on the field, but won the championship with them last year and, and now got her first start at Gotham in between the sticks uh, with Angel City. Hello. We got to see Sarah Gordon in the back line, Alyssa yep. Thompson up top. There was so many things um, to take away from this game. Uh, one of those being that I got the pick right. I had Gotham getting this win. Run down. Run down I, uh, but honestly, the way this match started with um, it, it was very back and forth. And then in the opening 12 minutes, in the 11th minute, Alyssa Thompson with a rocket and, and a bullet of a shot, I was like, let's go. If a teenager can do this uh, while she's got to prepare for high school tomorrow morning and, and knock down this goal, I want Angel City to take this all the way. You could see that BMO Stadium was just shaking and rocking um, along with that Alyssa Thompson goal. There ends up being another opportunity from June Endo just a few moments later. She scores a, a oh. worldie of a goal. Such a clever little oh. goal. She picks up the ball and enters just over the halfway line, sees that Abby Smith, the Gotham goalkeeper, is out of position a little bit and just chips the keeper. And I'm talking chips the keeper from like 60 yards. Oh. It was Delightful. it was beautiful. But we we get a little VAR action in this one sandra we get some var right. it was opening weekend we knew we were going to get var and we get it on this and junendo's goal is called back crushed i, I first of all again we're, we're talking about a 12 a 12 minute goal you know for from from thompson for angel city and then you've got junendo delivering this just you know minutes after that and you're just like yes all things are clicking here let's go and then they take a look at this this uh, this goal sequence. I mean, full on take a look at it. Like we see the, you know, the center official say, "Hold on a second, gotta gotta head on over to this fancy little new box that we see at, at all the yep. at all the arenas and at all the games now." 
and um, some confusion, I think, about like what what exactly um, were the indicating factors, like in terms of the fouls or or uh, movement, you know, before the goal actually took place, and ultimately the the goal was disallowed due to a foul prior to the goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so I guess the reason that that was the reason like pretty pretty close to when endo took her shot though so, we're not we're, talking like minutes uh, before it no was, we're talking like fractions of a second and so i think that was um that was the reason to, to sort of you know VAR was like you might want to take a look at this and mm-hmm. so sure enough the center official did and there was enough there apparently to uh to, to, to yeah it ends up it. it ends up being Danny Weatherholt of yeah. Angel City um and Kelly, Kelly O'Hara, O'Hara going in hard for a tackle and and Weatherholt uh, just gets a little too much of O'Hara's cleat I guess her foot um and so O'Hara falls down I mean it was pretty devastating to watch just my heart broke for June Endo she was uh-huh. so happy and then to take away that goal and and now okay. i mean hindsight 2020 to know that angel city loses this match 2 to 1 yeah. um and that could have been a, a difference maker in this game early early on when that initial goal happened because it wasn't until late in the second half that Gotham really started to put a lot of great pieces together. I mean, we knew it was going to come for this Gotham side. You and I had mm-hmm. talked about it, about all the offseason acquisitions and and what this New Jersey, New York team has done. Even head coach Juan Carlos Amaros bringing in these certain pieces. But when was it all going to come together? And I think we started to see that taking place in the second half for this Gotham side. And ultimately, they get one back um, and then they get another one within 10 minutes of that. And and that it was pretty quick, 55th minute, 65th minute um, and on a penalty kick as well. We had a handful of penalty kicks this weekend. I, I think that we'll, we're going to talk about all the games, but you know, so when we get there, this will make more sense. But I'm just, I'm just saying that I feel like the the West Coast games sort of gave us everything that I think yeah. you could have wanted. I think within a game, um, whether it was VAR checks or penalties or multiple uh, yellow cards, et cetera, et cetera, and, and it's sort of delivered. I think in terms of uh, the promise of being an exciting match for fans, neutral and hardcore, to kind of take a look at. But kudos to Gotham. I said just picking up this win. I think it, they knew going into uh, Los Angeles that this might be a difficult environment to play in, and part of that game plan was probably to ensure that they sustained or contained Angels city as much as possible and it just looked like that game plan that game plan was going to get wrecked with that early goal from thompson and then this follow-up from from endo but we saw like towards the later stages of that first half and and early early in this game ali krieger goes down with an injury you know what yeah these are all these are all things that are like things are going bad that was the opening 10 minutes of the game for gotham and that's when we see the rookie jenna nightswanger come in and we're like where is she gonna play she's not a defender no no it's important to note that because it's like she slots in and then you we see you know kelly o'hara get you know kind of have to slot in and, and 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 move a little higher at times up the pitch um but i think you know for 
the first goal and then the second disallowed, that second disallowed goal. I think you look at somebody like an Abby Smith, right. Who gets tasked with, with this start and goal for Gotham FC. And this was the goalkeeper that they went out and they got in free mm-hmm. agency over the course of the off season. So it shouldn't be too shocking or surprising to see that this is the goalkeeper that they are looking to, uh, to be their starter for this season. And, uh, you know, just sort of coming up with some of the bigger saves, I think down the stretch, I think, sort of motivates and sort of turns the momentum a little bit for a team, especially when you're playing in that environment uh, on the road. And so to sort of close out that game or that first half, I think one zero, I think is a little bit of a, of a plus side, I think for, for a team like Gotham. And you saw how that kind of manifested that energy or, you know, towards uh, a little bit of different play. And we saw them in the penalty kick and you said purse converted. And then it's ridiculous ridiculous banger from Lynn Williams. Welcome back. We missed watching Lynn Williams goals. Yeah. But I think you just saw a Gotham team just kind of settle themselves into the game eventually. And they just maintained enough composure to sort of get them through it. And not only that, just convert when they needed to convert. Yeah. And and barely at the end, because Angel City continued knocking on the door, creating opportunities. I think Katie Johnson, an incredible offseason acquisition Mm -hmm. for Angel City. Um, She contributed a lot in the attacking end for for this team. Um, And I was a little nervous for Gotham at the end there. I was like, guys, hold on. There's 10 minutes left in this game and and you're giving up chances. You're giving up um, significant shots to a very dangerous Angel City side. You're, You're making Abby Smith in goal make a lot of saves, but they, they're able to close it out. It ends up being the first and only uh, away win for any team in opening weekend of the NWSL at Gotham side going traveling cross country to LA and they pick up the win. And also uh, Sandra, this was Gotham's first win in the NWSL since July 8th, 2022. Look, celebrate it. I want to see. I want to see the years in the chat. Hit me with the years in the chat if you're happy for Gotham getting a win. Finally, you could see the energy on the sideline. What it meant to the team to pick up that type of uh, to pick up that type of dub. Definitely a good way to want to start off your your regular season. We're looking across these games, um, and we had said in a lot of the previews for these matches that these opening weekend games are going. They might have those, you know, the feeling of, of preseason still as players are still sort of getting into form. And we saw that a lot over the weekend. We saw players maybe coming out after a certain amount of time, maybe not fully there at ninety minutes quite yet. Uh, so I think this was the game to sort of cap off the weekend, and we still saw that the continuity of that players coming off off at a 60 minute mark or a 70 minute mark um and then we're going to get to talk a little bit more about uh the 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 other matches i think that's where we're going to pivot right now three points for gotham unfortunately angel city uh you know no win this time but you get to celebrate your rookie you know smashing yeah. that excellent <laughs> excellent goal i think there's wins even if you're not i think in week one even if you're not getting all three points i think there are some things that you could take yeah. into consideration as uh small victories within the pitch so i think that's what they're going to, to take a look at but let's stay in the west coast san diego wave versus chicago red stars this one had all the goals and i don't know if we anticipated that it was going to end up in a five goal score line but it did Ooh. san diego Wave taking all three points in this one three to two over the chicago 
Chicago Red Stars goals by Nagasato, Ali, Shaw, Swanson, and Morgan, the two United States women's national team forwards, converting on penalty kicks, actually, uh, in this one. Two penalties uh, in in this game. Tough. I mean, you want to talk about... um, Uh, the picks that we made, right? You went San Diego. Of course, I went Chicago. It's week one. Got to start off on the right foot. Uh, but I think, uh, again, a, a little bit of that chaos that we see sometimes in these early weeks where you're looking at some strong play from a team, but that's not necessarily the team that comes away with the points and ends up going to the home side in this one in San Diego wave. Yeah, I think that's a, a pretty good point. Um, you talk about the strong team in this one. Uh, when you looked at the lineup that Chris Petroselli put out for the Red Stars, you were like, all right, this is a an A-plus team. I mean, across the board this weekend, we saw um, rookies everywhere popping up, getting starts, uh, getting significant, significant minutes in matches. And when you look at Chicago, who they had starting Penelope Hawking in that front line, that was massive. They had Casey Kruger, Tierna Davidson in the back line, Aaron Wright, who came back at the end of last year. Uh, These were big pieces that I know Chicago fans were so happy to see back on the pitch, especially a Kruger and and a Davidson. Davidson coming back from her ACL injury, and we hadn't seen her yet. She got called into the U.S. camp, but it was training only. We hadn't seen her get game minutes, um, and this was a a massive opportunity, but it was a a quick start for Chicago, putting a lot of pressure on San Diego. Um, There's chaos in the box, and that's how the opening goal comes to be. Of course, it's Yuki Nagasato falling and, and getting on the end of this one, it, it warms my heart to see the celebrations from these players because it has been such a long offseason without celebrations. Um, so that's how it, how it all gets started. But then honestly, San Diego, the response from San Diego is immediate, immediate. The, the Nagasato goal coming in the 18th minute and in the 22nd minute, San Diego levels things up on, on a mistake from Alyssa Nair. I'm going to call a spade a spade here. She was frustrated with how this play played out. Um, I think fans were, the defense was, and Amir Ali capitalizes on a parry and a bad attempted save from Alyssa Nair and equalizes. You know, I... Something to note, I think we're we're obviously not going in super chronological order here of the games. We're talking with the the first, the Angel City game that, that just finished against Gotham. And then now we're pivoting back to Saturday with San Diego and, and Chicago. And I think even even though we're sort of jumping around a little bit, we find those those common threads. And I think with this game on Saturday, something similar. We saw Casey Kruger make her exit yeah. out of this game after a pretty scary collision, I believe it was, with McNabb. So we're talking about 10 minutes into the game, right? You're already sort of hitting that reset button again. And I'm talking for both these teams because they both came out and they were, they were kind of amped. You could sort of tell, like, San Diego was clearly – motivated by that fantastic crowd right 30k plus in the stands for their uh their home opener on opening weekend um and then you've got like a game that has to like kind of settle for a second Mm -hmm. very early on in the opening 10 minutes and then um we sort of saw the kind of the the kind of 
fouls that you see as, as two teams are just kind of amped up on that energy and they're just kind of in go, 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 go mode. Um, and it just sort of felt, I think I even, that was one of my reactions that I tweeted out and I just sort of felt, I was like, you know what, we keep kind of getting these moments and these fouls and these stoppages of play and injury time. And it just sort of feels like it's going to make it a much longer night than maybe it should. Uh, so it wasn't too surprising for me, honestly, to sort of see Chicago get on the board and then San Diego go ahead and respond right back. Or I wouldn't have been surprised if it was vice versa if san diego right. got on the board first and then chicago responded it just sort of felt like that was going to be the type of energy coming out of this game and it sort of just really felt that way from minute one all and the it, way through stoppage time and it was because that we had four goals in the yeah. first half now there yeah. was a chunk of stoppage time added on and that's where chicago was able to level things up after san diego went back-to-back goals in the it, within 10 minute span of each other amira ali and then uh the young buck jaden Shaw ripping a shot at the top of the box and and finding the corners. Um, I mean, incredible for Jaden Shaw and the celebrations there for that young yeah. player. And love then Mallory, love to see the return of the uh, the surf celebration. Oh, thank gosh, thank gosh, it's back. But then we get to see Mallory Swanson line up at the spot, bury a penalty kick. Um, not the way I wanted Mallory Swanson to get a goal. This game, I'm going to be honest. I wanted a run of play goal from Swanson, uh, but we still get one. We still get a goal, but it comes from the penalty kick spot. And so now it's it's 2-2 at halftime. Four goals in that first half. I was like, mental recheck. What happened? What time is it? Okay, let's go. Because this was a this was the late night game on Saturday night. It's a, it's it absolutely that was the the NWSL after dark energy I think that folks were looking for and ultimately received. I think four goals in your first half. Uh the first 45 there I think only sets up more uh drama uh, the, or the possibility of more drama in in the second half and and while maybe sort of, you know, the energy of go, 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 kind of you, you sort of feel the legs at a certain point in a game like that. Maybe there were some brief lulls. Yeah. Um, we saw Chicago, unfortunately, you know, we saw them kind of struggle with this last year. Their set piece defending, not super reliable. There was a lot of footage on them in those moments and uh, tough to see this game come down to such a late stage scenario in which you've got a, a veteran player like Aaron Wright going up against another veteran player and Alex Morgan. And unfortunately handball was, was, uh, was the foul in the 89th minute. And then Morgan, same thing, same thing for me. I wanted to see Morgan get a goal and run a play. And it was almost a little bit of deja vu. It's like, Oh, where San Diego is sort of repeating the recipe from last year. It's like, make sure you draw those penalties. And Alex Morgan is going to slot those away. Yeah. This uh, was, a, this was a drawn penalty, right? Alex Morgan was like, I'm going to force uh, the look, Chicago defenders into a sticky situation here. Cause that's game. how it looked. And it's it worked. Game. It's game. I, it's fair to me. If it's, if it's game, it's go ahead. I, know, I agree. Yeah. And, it's like yeah, yeah. If you think if you're the defender, you know, or a fan of the of that team, you you hate to see it. But some a, a handball, a handball in the box, <laughs> and that it exactly was. Now, if Alex Morgan shot at her hand, that's her prerogative. She's allowed to do that. Um, but and then she just steps up and buries it. And this one coming at the the final minute or so yeah. of the game, and that's I, I mean honestly the whole second half I was like this could end in a draw. This yeah. really could. The way both teams were attacking, 
Yeah. We saw Kaylin Sheridan come up with some really big saves um, and the back line for San Diego, Germa and, and Real coming yep. up with big stops. And Chicago, likewise, their defensive end was doing that as well. But ultimately, it's it's another penalty kick, yeah. too, in this, this West Coast late NWSL after dark matchup and Alex Morgan sealing the deal at the end of yeah. it all. Well, all three points for for the wave. I think again, both both of these uh, both these games that we just recapped. I think that's that's sort of the energy. It's like, yeah, the three points are going um, the opposite direction. I think, but if you're uh, if you're LA or if you're Chicago, there are things within that opening match that you're going to look at as improvements. I think from your season prior or for uh, your rookies, especially. I mean, Alyssa Thompson scoring that goal. I think you're looking at Penelope Hawking putting yeah. in a shift alongside. Sure. Mavis. A huge plus. I, I you're also looking at someone for Chicago, like a Tierna Davidson, give, giving yeah. 84 minutes of a game back, when, back into form and looking really good in that. In that, at I, time, was we got 80, I was impressed we got 84 minutes out of Tierna Davidson. I was expecting like 60, honestly. You wonder how that's going to look when you have somebody like Casey Kruger going out so quickly, but you that's know, Tierna Davidson just reminding, <laughs> reminding everyone, that's like, true. hey, I've returned. This is who I am and this is what I can what I can provide. So, again, silver linings, I think, for week one. Right. It's too early to sort of say like this is going to have huge implications down the stretch. Uh, but I don't know if that's necessarily the case for all of the games that took place uh, this opening weekend. And we've got four more to get through. So stick with us. We'll be back right after a quick break. All right. Well, let's throw it back to the beginning of opening weekend. Let's talk a little bit about North Carolina courage and Kansas city current. These were the two teams that kicked off opening weekend and set the regular season in motion. And it was a one zero victory to North Carolina courage. And Lisa, I, I called it on the preview when we were chatting about this preview. I said, look, we're doing this a little early. We don't have the confirmed availability reports, and we're mm-hmm. making a blind pick here. And if they're ready to go, it's going to be Kansas City. And we went with Kansas City, and we said if it's not going to be, you know, a, a healthy lineup, then things can get kind of tricky here. And it ends up going a narrow victory for North Carolina, all three points Uh Guile with the uh, the debut again, another player yeah. kind of introducing themselves to the league a little bit here. The Danish international uh, picking up uh, picking up the the game winner, and it was a lovely goal. Just Ooh. just decided to to get the ball, go on a quick run, and just take the shot from distance. I think a so caught them off guard. This was a great goal for sure. I mean, a good goal. I'm gonna say it was not great because. <laughs> It was a good goal and it definitely caught Kansas city off guard completely. She's not going to get another easy one like that at any other game in the league. Now now that the NWSL knows what she can do, knows that she's looking to go, go to goal. This was like a 30, 35 yards out um, from Kansas city's defensive goal. And, and she picks up the ball and she's just got a little bit of space and she hits it. She strikes it and places it well, but it wasn't that fast. It wasn't that hard. um, And it really just caught Kansas City and A.D. French off guard. I think A.D. French was a little upset at herself that she didn't get that one. But, hey, it, all it takes is one goal, and that's what the Courage needed to to get this big lift over Kansas City. But you just talked about it, Sandra, the availability report. Rather, the 
unavailable report for Kansas City because they had a slew of players unavailable for this team. Uh, A couple of season-ending injuries that will be on this list all year long, Mallory Weber, Sam Mewis, and then Claire Lavoger. So they are all out for the whole season, but Dabinia. She was out for this game, unavailable. Vanessa DiBernardo, Morgan Gattral, Kristen Hamilton, Hannah Glass, and Desiree Scott, who we also know Scott is going to be out for a little bit. But Hamilton, Gattral, DiBernardo, Dabinia, Hannah Glass, those are big pieces that were missing for this Kansas City side. I think it would have been an entirely different game. I mean, um, no no, Kristen Hamilton. Like, yeah. And, and I mean, no Dabinia which was like all eyes were on this game. You just keep going back to that. Like uh. everyone in the country was watching this. Everyone in Brazil was watching this game <laughs> for Dabinia and she's not available. Going back to play her old club in Cary, North Carolina, there were TIFOs and posters and signs for Dabinia that she'll always yeah. be a Courage family member, but she was going down that day and she doesn't play. And I think it's a different it's a different story if you have even two of those. Give give Kansas City Kristen Hamilton, and I think it's a different story. Give them a Morgan Gattral or Vanessa DiBernardo, just one, and I think it's a different story on this day. No, I, I'm with you. I, I think, look, where, where you look at the availability reports, uh, that opens up opportunity in other areas, right, in terms of um, positionally in uh, your starting 11 and, and for Kansas city and Matt Potter, uh, listen, you signed a, a bunch of rookies to, to contracts and guess what you're going to learn today. And that's what, and that's what happened in week one. Honestly, I think that's, that's my take. I think that's my takeaway. If you're, if you're Kansas city and you're looking at your week one and you're saying, okay, maybe this is a game where we looked at, like we dropped some points or left some points behind. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's week one. What are the gains here? What are the silver linings? Right. And they knew heading into this week that they were going to be without, um, multiple players, specifically that big three, right? I guess we could just refer to to them as that, the big three of their free agency uh, with Dabinia and Morgan Gatra and Vanessa Bernardo. But that, that opened things up for, uh, you know, rookies to get those minutes. So whether it was a Gabrielle Robinson or an Alexa Spanstra or their number two overall pick in Michelle Cooper, right? And I mm-hmm. thought that yeah. that was probably the the for me watching the game, I'm like, okay, well, this is, this is the takeaway from your totally that Michelle Cooper has this ridiculous, relentless work rate. And we saw it in this game. I think we saw the courage do a really good job of getting off to a quick start, getting on the front foot in this game, kind of taking that game to Kansas city. Um, and maybe they, they should have had more than one coming out of that first half, but that's not how it worked out. Yeah. Caroline doing maddening things on the ball, right. It completely exposing space on the right side and taking advantage of that. Um, so yeah, it was a little nervy, I think to not have the insurance goal come. Um, but it was, but it was enough. And then within that, we saw Kansas city though, you, you leave room for a team to come back. And we saw in the second half, Kansas city started to like level out the shot total against North Carolina. But when we're looking at that, I think that's where you're looking at the numbers and you're like, Sandra, like, is this, is it really, you know, should we really be like praising, you know, the rookies this high coming off of the opening week? And the answer is, yeah, yeah. There are stats to back it up. 
The they numbers are the stats. Alyssa Thompson got the goal in her debut. Michelle Cooper is over here, uh, you know, accounting for five of what eleven of Kansas City's shots, and She's, that's. I mean, Michelle Cooper across the board was the the stat leader for Kansas City in five shots, two of them on target, five of them coming from inside the box. Um, it, incredible block shots, like she led the board for Kansas City in stats. Yeah, I, I loved her. Um, there was a great, I think there was a really good moment in the game where it was we saw the other teams like MVP. I think if you're looking at MVPs for both of these teams, that I went when I wrote up this game, I went with team MVPs as Caroline and uh Gail, obviously for getting the goal, but for Kansas City, it was Cooper and and French, you know, in terms of sort of keeping things together, you know, keeping keeping the scoreline low for Kansas City to yeah. try to go ahead and get back in. It just didn't didn't happen um, for them, but there was a great little kind of one V one moment where you just saw Cooper make this brilliant recovery run and kind of shield off uh, Caroline in the end, uh, kind of eliminating uh, a dangerous moment there perhaps. Uh, but this one ends in a narrow scoreline. It was, and it was cool to sort of hear from the coaches in the, in the post game in this one as well. I think it wasn't lost on either of them, you know, maybe for Potter for some of the things that they could have done better, or even for, Coach Nahas and the North Carolina side of things that, you know, praising his young players as well, that it was right. a, referring to it as a real gutsy win because it went from them kind of having all these opportunities to all of a sudden they had to really try to sustain a narrow lead. So, yeah. Um, and- and we got to see for for the courage Tyler Lucy get a start, and yep. we weren't unsure where we'd see her yeah. play. She was in the front line. She was tasked as a forward, and I think she was um, honestly a, an MVP in my eyes of this game. Yeah. I mean, of course, Caroline dancing on the ball, making Kansas City defenders look silly. Just the the space that Caroline can occupy and create for herself and for her teammates is is truly a gift and it is such a pleasure to watch Caroline play. But Tyler Lucy did a really nice job attacking down that right side and the overloads with Caroline. It was a, it was too much. It was a handful yeah. for Kansas city to, to handle. Yeah. And a lot of that because of a player like Tyler Lucy and, and what she was able to do on the pitch. It was good to see her. And I like Emily Fox being on the right. So we saw her so much yeah. on the left and I'm so glad she's playing on the right. That's her strong side with that right foot and the combination with Fox and Lucy. It, it could be magical this year. It really could. Yeah, I thought I thought Fox had a great game. Got really, really high and in the middle of the, of the pitch at times for 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 the current. Um, I'm I'm eager to see what uh, what the courage sort of build off of in terms of this victory and going into mm-hmm. next week as well. Um, just some very very good moments from from their players individually and as a as a collective. Um, and so I'm eager to sort of see what that looks like in the next week. I mean, I really liked it. It just took. We're talking five minutes for for this team to really yeah. just sort of present themselves to not only Kansas City but but to the league whether it was you know Caroline creating this chaos very very early or uh you know Narumi Miura the the, the Japanese international sort of getting an right. early chance and look on goal like I said very very interesting pieces that I don't think a lot of folks are maybe familiar with with some of the players and their and their and their games uh internationally and we're going to get to see that as it develops over the course of a regular season in NWSL with the courage uh but uh, not the only 
one goal scoreline this week. We also have to talk about Washington Spirit versus OL Rain. And we are, you and I are taking collective L's now here, Lisa. We also <laughs> went with the rain in this one and we were incorrect. And maybe we should have listened to history a little bit. Maybe we should have just looked at the record and say, listen, the Spirit have typically gotten the better of the rain and they're going to do it again in week one. But we didn't. We didn't listen to history. We thought that the rain had enough pieces here to sort of continue to build off of that uh, shield winning. And, and uh, I think season. that's our, our fault as well that's, because that's we should look at OL Reigns roster and how much it didn't change at all from last year and think, hey, are they going to struggle in the same areas? Um, <laughs> yes. Finding the back of the net. The ball 60 times and, and get zero goals? Quite possibly. We'll yes. It's happens. the same group. Of course they're going to do the same thing. I mean, silly us. So whoever's listening to us for their betting tips, I mean. You're on your we're own. Not, <laughs> we're not. We're not an odd show, thankfully. Uh, yeah, one zero Trinity Rodman with the moment of brilliance here in in this game. Uh, I loved it. I loved this goal. Um, kudos to the uh, ball players out there who decided. You know what? If I've got this many touches on a run at this point, I'm just going to shoot it and go. And we <laughs> saw that a couple times over the course of week one. And sometimes they led to goals. And I love that this happened for, for Rodman. I think at this point, if you're making such a good run and you've got defenders who cannot catch up with you, then why not just take a crack? And she went ahead and did it and uh, beat Valentella's Joyce. And it was a great goal by Rodman. The celebration, I like to see. I, I liked that there are some players who had celebrations ready in case they scored. It looked like it got interrupted a little bit, but I still like, I still A for me, A for effort. You love to see it. Uh, but yeah, I three think, points. I think the, uh, the goal from Rodman really was impressive. I mean, this is something that fans of Rodman in general, I'm not just going to say Washington, have been waiting for her to do I'll almost take a little bit more ownership of the game in front of her and not um, rely on the, the pieces around her. I mean, don't get me wrong. Rodman has created magic for herself and for her teammates time and time again. But in this moment, it is it is her. There is no assist at all anywhere near this play. Um, it, it comes in off of a throw in and Rodman just turns, spins out of a couple defenders and attacks the space, as you said. And and why OL Rain defenders do not step to her? None of them close down the space. None of them think, wow, she's uh, one of the best players in this league. Let me uh, close down the space and make sure she can't shoot. Nope. This was a beautiful shot from Rodman about 20 yards out. She finds the back of the net. It, it's just after the, the halftime as well. So it's it was a great way for them to start the halftime. And I think that perhaps was a little bit of, of the conversation for Mark Parsons and the spirit squad in the locker room at halftime, there's a lot of space. Take it, yeah. take players on one V one be have ownership of what you're doing, because we saw a little bit more of that throughout the second half for the spirit. I want to ask you about this space that you brought up here, because we saw um, maybe a little bit of a positional or tactical, uh, you know, introduction here from Laura Harvey. We got to see Emily Sonnet in the midfield and we're talking about space or pockets of space that have been exposed. I just, I'm curious if we're going to continue to see uh sonnet in the midfield here 
for the rain moving forward. Uh, call it week one, you know, or dusting off the the preseason rust and getting back into form because, you know, Sonnet is one of these players that is still working back uh, from an injury sustained last year and in building on minutes. But just some moments where we, we saw her kind of just playing directly into pressure, you know, versus sort of playing yeah. out. So I just wanted to hear your thoughts and maybe how the midfield looked there for, for the rain. I don't like Emily Sonnet in that defensive six role. Those are my thoughts. Go. I don't think Move that. <laughs> I don't think she is as effective there as you need the six to be. I mean, that's like one of the most important positions on the, on the pitch because not only do you have to be the first line of actual uh, hard tackle defense, um, you actually have to make those stops because if it gets past you, you're you're leaving your center backs in a very exposed state. And then uh, on the flip side of it, with the ball, the defensive midfielder six, in this case, Emily Sonnet, has to be the one to play simple. You you can't lose the ball. The The pass completion for a defensive six midi needs to be above 95%, 90% maybe on a bad day. But that was not the case for Emily Sonnet. I think she tried too much. I think there was almost this mindset for her that she was like, oh, I'm not in the back line. I'm, I'm in the midfield. I can take risks and try some crazy things. And, and that was not going to work for her. And then even as the game went on and, and as a player, you can sense, hey, my passes aren't connecting. I'm struggling a little bit. I feel lost in space and defensive structure. I mean, that's why Rodman was able to score that goal because Emily Sonnet was pulled well out of position and she wasn't occupying that space to step to the ball where Rodman was running. And as a player, Emily Sonnet, I didn't see her making any in-game adjustments as to, okay, I'm really going to play the ball simple. I'm not going to try anything tricky. I'm not going to play square balls. I'm going to find an open man and, and just connect with them. So that was something that was was tough to see. It was an interesting effort from, from O.L. Reign and Laura Harvey's side to try that out. Yeah, I just want to say like kudos to uh, the goalkeepers. I think there were a couple yeah. games here throughout the re- the weekend that you and I were looking at, like, oh, like where where are we going to see the game that's going to be a little bit of a goalkeeper battle? And and I don't know if this was necessarily a battle per se, but I, I know for both of these goalkeepers, they had to come up with a couple of pretty big saves uh, on either ends. And uh, I thought that uh, Kingsbury had a really great match for uh, the spirit in this one, helping, you know, help to to lock up all all three of those points for the spirit uh, in match week one. So that's it for the narrow score lines on opening weekend. And uh, we're going to talk about the final two games of opening weekend. So stick with us after a quick break. All right, final two matches that we're going to go ahead and recap here. Houston Dash versus Racing Louisville FC. Houston, the hosts in this one, chose this as a draw. And I'm very (laughs) happy to get a pick correct in this one. Although I'm a little disappointed because I thought this was going to be the game that was going to give us the goals, and it was not. But that doesn't mean it wasn't exciting. I really enjoyed watching this This is your first correct pick. Uh yeah, I went with KC Chicago Rain. That was L L L. And uh yeah, I think this this we saved we saved my picks for last. I think is what is the energy in in this uh in this segment. Uh look, zero zero doesn't always mean it's a dull or a snooze fest. Uh, I thought this game was pretty end to end at some moments. And end to end can also be a nice way of saying kind of frantic right frantic or maybe more maybe uh you know frustrated at at some moments uh but it just anytime it felt like we thought we were going to get a goal in this one there was a save or a shot went wide or or otherwise but zero zero 
the two teams splitting the points in this one. Katie Lund. Wow. Wow. She, she led the league in saves last year, but that was mostly due in part to bad defense and, and racing Louisville giving up a lot of shots that Katie Lund had to save. She had seven in this match and they were all very well earned by Houston dash and Katie Lund keeping a clean sheet. She has to walk away from this game. Incredibly proud of herself, incredibly proud of her skill and what she was able to do on the pitch. It was very impressive to watch Katie Lund between the sticks for racing Louisville in this match. I mean, she was all over the place, stealing goals from Houston dash, not letting them find the back of the net because it was, um, it was a battle. I liked how you said it definitely frantic between these sides, 17 shots for racing Louisville, 15 shots for Houston and no goals to come of any of this seven shots on target for Houston, five for racing Louisville. This game had a little bit of everything and I loved it. It was one of the most entertaining games of the weekend. Yeah. I, I look, um, week one can sometimes, like we said, week one can sometimes maybe lead to some frustrating moments. And I think there we saw some of that in this game at certain points because I think if you're racking up into the double digits of the shot totals for either side of the t- uh, of the pitch here and not a single one of them is getting into the back of the net, there are going to be some moments where you see some frustration settling in. And, and, and some of them should have found the back of the net. Yeah, but... You know, it's a hey, it's a tough league. It's it's not going to be. It's not it's easy to score. Diana Ordonez making a, a diving header yeah. attempt. That goal was on a platter for her. Yeah. It was, yeah. and, and she she heads it right at Katie Lund mm-hmm. in goal. So it, it ends up being a positive play and a positive save for Lund, and something that is probably going to haunt Diana Ordonez as she puts her head on the pillow. Maybe some different looks here too uh, in week mm-hmm. one. I think on the dash side of things. Just we chatted a bit about that. Similarly with Kansas City, you know, the personnel that was available for the dash going into uh, this week one match. And we saw that Shea Groom was going to be unavailable in this game due to an MCL tear. Uh, And then we see, uh, you know, Maria Sanchez um, available, but on the bench uh, for this one. So obviously, maybe some knocks out of preseason heading into week one, and maybe you don't want to run the risk of, of certain things this early in the season. Um, but I think you saw, a, I think Houston fans got a little bit of a taste of, of what they're hoping to see come from that uh, attacking front line, you know, especially mm-hmm. with Sanchez and Ordonez and the chemistry that can potentially develop between the two of those players. Um, so it's hard to gauge, like, you know, with, with week one and, and a team that's not at 100%, right? Um, but I think on the other side, when you're looking at racing, maybe not the same scenario here. And they've got what perhaps could be an ideal starting 11 on the pitch. We'll just say question mark again, because it's week one, you know? Um, but I mean, how, how great was it to see Uchenna canoe out there? Uh, oh, absolutely delivering again. The goals weren't here, but it's just like the, her, her movement, her shot selection, uh, ability, skill, etc. I feel like I could go on. It was great to see her get her first run out in an end of so much. It was really, really impressive and fun to watch the pieces that Kim Bjorkegren has brought together for this Kansas City side. It really was because there are so many 
new faces to this team that have never played in the NWSL before, have played in various leagues that come from all over the world, right? There was something like six continents represented in the starting lineup for racing Louisville. And the fact that they could have such great chemistry on the pitch, that they could have all these different pieces that were put together to be beneficial and work effectively together with, I mean, it, it's a long preseason, but the chances that a team gets during preseason to actually gel in an 11 v 11 competitive match is few and far between. I think three to four preseason friendlies uh, yeah. did Louisville play. And it wasn't the same lineup. It wasn't all these pieces. Some of these pieces just getting into the team over the last week or two, several weeks. And that goes so much to speak to, I think, Kim Bjorkeren's coaching a little bit, but also the mentality of this team and how um, they're going to come together this year to, to put big pieces um, on the pitch together. And when you look at the lineup for Racing Louisville, there was no Jalen Howell available yeah. for, for this team. And that was a player that was named captain of this team and just her second season in the league, um, her sophomore season coming out of college. So now because of that, you have to build even a little bit more and they've got new pieces with Abby Ursig and Carson Pickett in the back line and all these new pieces coming together. It was very fun to watch because we had never seen how that would look. And I liked the way it looked. Honestly, I did. We'll see. Well, two teams splitting the points there. We'll see what they build off into next week and how they look in week two. Uh, the only 0-0 scoreline that we have across the weekend and the one draw that we have uh, over opening weekend. And that means we have to talk about the one blowout that we had to sort of close out the remainder of opening weekend. Portland Thorns, your reigning 2022 champions, going up against Orlando Pride. Thorns, the winners in this one, 4-0, the scoreline. Weaver, Smith, Sakita, and Vasconcelos racking up the goals for Portland. And listen, they just look like a team <laughs> that were just ready to come out here and get right back to what they were doing last year. That's score goals and win. They did not miss a beat a beat from their championship run in 2022 to this opening match. They had the big advantage of playing at home at Providence Park. They had the fat, the crowd behind them. This, this lineup um, also incredibly similar to what we saw at yeah. the end of 2022. Crystal Dunn pushing up higher into the midfield. Um, it brings a smile to my face to see that. I, I honestly, Morgan Weaver was a player that you and I had talked about on this podcast. Podcast I talked about elsewhere that I needed to step up this year. I, I need Morgan Weaver to have a year and just go off because there's going to be a lot of internationals on this Thorn side that are going to be gone for a big chunk of time. And if Morgan Weaver can create magic for herself, can you double the magic when those big pieces of Smith, Sinclair, Sugita, Dunn are all around her? That's what is going to help this Portland side be successful and Morgan Weaver have a, an outstanding year. And the fact that Morgan Weaver is the opening goal scorer of this game, of the season, of the year for Portland, it I was like giddy. I felt like a proud mom to Morgan <laughs> just because of how much I want this player to succeed. And then from there, it's just a ripple effect because that starts in the opening 16 minutes and then 
five minutes later, we get another one from Sophia Smith. It was just a matter of time. And then they let it rip again right at the start of the second half. And before the 50th minute, Hina Sugita getting the third goal. And and at that point, it's head in hands if you're an Orlando Pride player, fan. It was it was looking grim and downhill for them. I mean, you look you look at the the scoreline sure and you're like, wow, that's a blah. But I think if you're watching the 90 minutes of this game. You're just looking at one team mm-hmm. in a certain kind of form, and you're looking at another team really just trying to still find their identity on the pitch. I mean, it was a uh, talk about the game that's going to be a tough week one match to sort of take a look at your film in the following week. It's it's this one for the Pride. It just they just never looked like they were in the game. Not not even in the opening five minutes. Because um, it just didn't take long for Portland to go ahead and, and get on the scoreboard. We're talking 15 minutes for, for an opening goal um, for this team. And then not only did, you know, Sugita go ahead and, and get a goal in this match, I mean, she was just putting on a clinic in terms of yeah. taking advantage of, of the space being, uh, you know, given to her and uh, at one point, just absolutely cooking, you know, players who were trying to, to collapse on her. It just was it just looked too easy uh, at times. Uh, it was maybe you look at the, the roster in front of you. I was a little curious about, um, you know, what what was available, like who was available or what was available for, right. for going in, into this game. Um, you know, I know we were we're high on, on, um, on a player like Madrill, you know, to, to sort of be one of those young pieces that Orlando can sort of look with and, and, and develop, um, o- over time. Um, but you know, I'm, it, I'm just curious to sort of see, like, you know, we're talking about week one, you know, players who are perhaps maybe carrying knocks into week one and, and as coaching staff, you don't want to push anything too fast or, or, or too hard. And maybe that's why we didn't see certain typical starters start over the course of this opening weekend. Maybe they came out off the bench for an example like with someone like uh, Maria Sanchez or we didn't see somebody right. like Taylor Smith with Gotham FC like maybe they're just taking precautions right now um while they just maybe pick something up in, in, in training and it, it, when we look when we looked at the starting lineup for this and the back line I'm like wow your your rookie center back is is not going to start with somebody like Amana Fusco is not going to start with somebody yeah. like a Cecilia on the back line I'm like this might this might turn out not ideal for you yeah. and that ended up being the case and it's just uh i think you know maybe if you have players who are more ready or available and, and available to go in the following week it looks a little the defensive shape looks a little bit different um but in this week one game it just it just left a lot to be desired it did i think that's a, a very good point you make about kind of who was out there for certain teams and i don't think that Orlando is doing themselves a lot of favors with the inexperienced lineup that they had. Frankly, they had Marta back in the midfield. They had Adriana. They had some some pieces that have considerably been there. But when you're looking at someone like a Julie Doyle, a Michaela Clough, a Carrie Abello, a Keelan Cosme, uh, Messiah Bright in the front line, these are all players that just don't have a lot of experience. And and to go to Portland and to play in that stadium against the reigning champions, um, it's it's harsh. That is a harsh way to start your season. I am hoping that every single Orlando Pride player can kind of wipe the slate clean in their mind. Um, Honestly, forget about this game. Like, 
I don't even think it would behoove them to watch that much yeah. film on it. I think it would just tear their confidence apart. Forget it. Move on. It's week one. And yes, these are crucial points to pick yeah. up, but a loss is a loss. You conceded four goals. How do you get that back? How how do you find the positives in this and move forward next week when you have another match to play and and you've got to turn it around because if if you get down on yourselves in the first week, it is going to be a very long season for Orlando Pride. Um, and I think they can turn it around. I think they'll get some of those yeah. pieces in there. I think they'll find some some changes. It was a tough one for them to go up <laughs> against Portland. And Portland said, uh, hey, our confidence isn't isn't wavering at all. We are going to stick it to you um, with four goals and a shutout. Oof. Yeah, no, it'll, it'll be tough. I'm, I'm with you on that. Got to have short memory, right? I think if you're a, yeah. you're a pro athlete and uh, hopefully they just sort of, you know, build off the things that they were trying to build off of in the preseason and maybe not so much within this uh, first game. Because I was, I, I was, um, you know, surprised to sort of see the lineup that we saw with so many rookies and or first or second year players right. around uh, Marta, literally. Um, you know, so was surprised to you know, not see a Lustro in there or a Cecilia, you know, or, um, you know, a Megan Montefusco, you know, or an Erica Timrak, you know, like even an Ali Watt at this point, you know, I was like, oh, these are all players who are going to, um, you know, be available on the bench apparently. But I mean, that's also, again, we, you don't know what players are carrying into week one or if it's if it's too serious to list on an availability report or if it's just a knock that maybe they pick up in um, warm up or, or something like that. So um, we'll we'll see. I think uh, I think that's good advice. I think don't worry about this one. Forget about it. Don't watch the film. Don't, don't the film. listen to what the people say. Just head down, get back to work, Orlando. You'll yeah. be fine. hundred percent. And if you're the foreigners, <laughs> and if you're the foreigners, you're like, this is great. Yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we're awesome. We were champions. And guess what? We're still awesome. <laughs> you're on to the next one, baby. That's the energy. And that's what we're going to close out with because it's late and you're tired. I'm tired. It's been a long weekend. We watched a lot of soccer. We watched a lot of <laughs> oh games. Thanks everybody for joining us tonight on a three make sure that you keep tuning in to the nwsl regular season paramount plus is your home for the 2023 nwsl season and paramount plus is giving away a free month to kickstart you for the nwsl season so use promo code nwsl 2023 that's nwsl 2023 for one free month on Paramount Plus. Thanks everybody for listening to Attacking Third. Download, follow, listen to us anywhere you get your podcasts. You can watch us too. Subscribe to us on YouTube to get alerts for whenever we go live at youtube.com slash attacking third. And we'll be back with more this week. So make sure you join us live on Wednesday morning on YouTube. For Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman, this was Attacking Third.